Welcome, pinball explorers, to the inaugural episode of Mapping Around, where we talk about using a map to find public pinball machines. I'm your host, Scott. And I'm your other host, Ryan. Mapping Around is a podcast about a website we started 10 years ago called Pinball Map. Pinball Map is a crowdsourced pinball locator and is currently listing 5,500 locations and over 17,000 publicly playable pinball machines. Our strength is in mapping machines in North America, but we recently started branching out to other parts of the world. A lot of people use and update Pinball Map, so we thought we'd start a potty in order to tell you more about what we're up to and who we are. On this podcast, we'll surprise you with pinball stats, confound you with tech talk, and chat about location pinball. And we'll try to interview at least one person per episode, so it's not just Ryan and I talking at each other. Uh, Ryan, Mm -hmm. what is the pinball map anyway? Set the record straight. All right, here's a brief history of Pinball Map. Pinball Map started 10 years ago as the Portland Pinball Map. Scott and I were living together and playing a lot of pinball around Portland. Even back in 2007, there was a lot of pinball in Portland. There was a league, the Crazy Flipper Fingers Pinball Gang, and there were some efforts to keep track of which machines were at what place. Uh, We basically remade that existing map into something much better where people could search for locations on the map and add and remove machines to and from places. Uh, We kept the site really simple and straightforward so that it was easy to understand and update. And uh, it was immediately popular. Like it got press in the papers and the map was really, really up to date. Like I could go into any place, see a new machine, I'd check the map and that map would already be updated. Um, and we got operators on board. They updated their own locations and uh, were using the map to see if it had if their machines had problems. Uh, and to this day, some of those same operators are still using it every single day. Uh, so it's it's a valuable resource for them. Um, and soon we had people in other cities asking us to make a map for their cities. and, we didn't really want to do that at first. We were getting a lot of pressure for it, but this was just a side job or, you know, side hobby that Scott and I were doing and mm-hmm. we weren't getting paid and it was mm-hmm. a lot of work and we had jobs. Mm-hmm. You had a job, right, Scott? I did have a job, yes. Yeah, and I did too. And uh, um, so, but we caved and started created maps for other cities like Seattle and British Columbia and LA and stuff like that, areas like that, and on the condition that they have to manage the data themselves. And we also wouldn't add locations unless we I get, unless we knew that they were going to keep it up to date. Like sometimes people write to us and be like, add so-and-so, and then I respond to them and they don't respond back. And so it's like, no, you know, we're not going to add that area because Clearly, you just sent an email and then forgot about it, and you'd never update the map. Sometimes those people get mad, too. Yeah, yeah, like two months later or something, they'll talk (laughs) crap about us. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't wasn't like uh, you don't belong on a map Uh rejection letter. No, I mean, we've, after 10 years of doing this, we have a pretty good sense of who is a good candidate to help maintain the data and who isn't. We've had people 
that seem good at first and then do really bad job or are malicious or something like that. So in those cases, I guess you never know who you're getting, but there's a lot of ways to tell who is going to be a good steward of the data. Sometimes even just how you spell your words in the email to us is enough to tell us if they're going to be able to <laughs> maintain the data because mm-hmm. the data is basically like made up of addresses that are spelled correctly and punctuated correctly. Like that's kind of what all you need to do. Uh, so yeah, and then, then we had, uh, in those early days, we had a local player, Isaac, make a iOS app for us. And Scott, you made an Android app, your first Android app. Second Android app. Second the first app. Android, yeah, the first Android app I made to prepare was, uh, the floating head from Zardoz. Oh yeah. It just bounced around the screen and said Zardoz <laughs> over and over again. Uh-huh. Sorry, not to be pedantic, but second app. All right, second app. And you built off that knowledge from the Zardov app to make the pinball map Android app. Uh, and yeah, people really liked apps, so that kind of gave us a nice edge over whatever other maps were out there at the time, which there wasn't much, I don't know. And whatever there was, they weren't up to date. So that's, you know, part of our big goal in, in maintaining this project was having maps that were super up to date so that they're useful for people. The users are our gold. Yep. Yeah. They keep it running. We could have a nice, pretty map of the world with no locations on it and or like, you know, some locations in super out of date machines and it wouldn't be that valuable. So fast forward to now. We have now 96 of those regional maps on the site, about somewhere around 120 administrators for those regions overseeing the data, 5,500 locations, over 17,000 machines, and uh, we see thousands of updates a month on these locations. And you and I are like continuously working on the site, um, publishing code every week at least a couple times a week continuously mm-hmm. since then yeah it's what we do it is <laughs> we we work all day we come home we cook dinner we put our kids to bed and then we pop onto the map for a few minutes yeah you get a half an hour an hour of pinball map work <laughs> every day uh-huh. pretty much yeah Although for me, since I do a lot of the data management, I could kind of futz around with that at work pretty easily. It's like I I do paid work, and then I turn over and add a location, and then I go back to my paid work. So that, 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 that helps. That helps like keep the queue of data management down. We do this with no revenue model. There's no ads on the site. There's no data mining of user info. Uh, it's a rewarding project because lots of people use it. We are told regularly by business owners that people visited because they found it on Pinball Map. And we're also told regularly that the map is super up to date. We've put a lot of effort in keeping it intuitive for users by paying close attention to how they use it and then tweaking things accordingly. And we have some big plans in the works right now, which we'll get into a bit on this potty. So that's a brief history of Pinball Map. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. And I listen to a lot of Australian, or one Australian podcast, so that's why I say potty all the time. They say potty in Australia? Yeah. Do welcome. really? Yeah, welcome to the potty. 
<laughs> wow. I, you know, I say potty to uh-huh. refer to the toilet in real life now. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Potty. Yeah. yeah. The potty. Uh, who would you say you are, Ryan? Uh, I'd say I'm Ryan, and I was born in L.A., I still I live in LA now. I'm an urban planner who works on mapping for my full-time job. If I am giving myself a little intro, I'd have to start at the very beginning when I was born, and then I'll skip a lot, but because when I was born we had a pinball machine, so it's relevant here. But I was born into a house that had Paragon, and so I played that a ton growing up. Fast forward, then I was living in Portland, and we met. And I think I was making websites at the time for universities, but we shared an interest in pinball. And the map for Portland was like a Google map that wasn't searchable, wasn't very model, not a lot of people were editing it. So we combined our skills together and uh, I didn't have many skills, but you were a software engineer. <laughs> so we it, it ended up working out. My story begins somewhere in the middle of Ryan's story. Uh, pinball wasn't really a thing for me until I met Ryan. <laughs> uh, and then pinball was a thing. Uh, and you know, Ryan and I lived together for a brief period of time. Was it like, was that a year? Yeah, I think it was a full year. And then, then we went our ways. Yeah, good year. Uh, mm-hmm. Productive year. Is that a cat? Yeah, but I think that's on your side, right? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's sassy. I thought it was your chair. Uh, anyway, uh, my story begins with Ryan in Portland. Um, I, I was not a big pinball guy. I did not have a machine at my house. Played a lot of video games. Uh, pinball was always something that I didn't really attempt because I knew nothing was going to happen with my quarter. I'd probably play Street Fighter for much longer. Um, but then Ryan you know, showed me that you could go outside uh, in public and play this thing and be at a bar and uh, have something to do with your hands that's not smoking a cigarette, which is pretty cool. And then, you know, you do that and you're not a big party guy, but you want to go places and uh, play pinball, but you don't want to go to every place in town hoping that they have the machine that you want. Uh, So how do you do that? Um, You ask you ask the people where the machines are. So that's what we did. We asked the people. Um, and I, oh yeah, so who? what I do. Uh, I, I'm a computer programmer. Uh, I've been trying to program computers since I was a young man. Um, and I think a problem with computer programmers is they, they don't really have a lot of places to focus their energy outside of work that lasts more than like six months a year, projects tend to come and go. Um, So what I really like about the pinball map and what's kept me going for this long is that there's people who actually use it. Um, So it's cool to to make things and test them out and, you know, get feedback and and keep the map going. Uh, The other weird thing that happened over the course of 10 years is we're dads now. Yeah, that's why we have to tuck away in the other side of our houses so that our babies can't hear us. Yeah, I'm actually coming to you live from my basement, locked away in what is basically a large closet um, filled with 
bulbs. Um, what is this? Uh, Just spare bulbs. Oh, like uh, 44s. 44s. Not to get too pinball-y about it, but I'm holding on to not LED lights on machines. And to be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not sure I really care that much anymore. Maybe LEDs is what I should be doing, but I have a ton of bulbs around here. Ryan, would you indulge me to talk for a moment about the back-end technology involved mm. in the in the pinball map? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, That's where this podcast becomes kind of a mystery to me. It's like, uh, is, does the listener care about the history of the pinball map? Mm. Do they care about public pinball in general? I'm, I'm sorry, location pinball in general? Uh, are they interested in the technology behind the pinball map mm-hmm. or what? So um, I don't know. I feel like we should just throw it all out there and see see what people actually care about. So um, the website itself actually started out as a Perl site. Um, with Perl is like kind of a dated, uh, relatively obscure, but not like in a cool way, dynamic programming language um, that its claim to fame is that it uh, is very much like natural text, like the way you would talk if you were very terse is kind of the way you would write Perl. Uh, so it, it's, it's very expressive, I think, is what the Perl people say. But anyway, more importantly, it's what I did 9 to 5 at work for like uh, like six years or something. So what, a, what an easy way to start a hobby website um, to actually try to get better at what you do at work all day. So for a long time, uh, the pinball map was probably one of the few uh, Perl websites out there on the Internet. I'm sure I, that that'll be offensive to some hardcore <laughs> Perl people. I apologize. I, I I think Perl's actually totally fine, but it's kind of an odd choice. Is all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a Perl backend, which which uh, we turned into a Rails backend, Ruby on Rails, which I'll say again, kind of a slightly outdated uh, choice for technology stack. But again, something that I was using at work at the time. So what better way to get better at work than to uh, practice with a project. So Rails shows up. Um, The cool thing about Rails is it brought an API with it. Um, An API for people who aren't keeping up on that is basically, you can think of it like a web browser. Wow, sorry, my cat's really, she's trying to break the door down. and that's fine. Uh, she, uh, APIs, basically think of it like a web page without a visual component to it. Like you make a request, which is essentially uh, you could think of it the same kind of request a web browser would make. And what's returned is text rather than um, images and things like that. Uh, but what the API does is it opens up your website to fuel web application or to be more of a web application or to provide data to mobile applications. Um, And that's what we did. So from there, we got our API, and we used that same API to power the website and to provide data to the Android application, which I think I, did I do the initial one? Uh, Yeah. Okay, 
uh, did an Android app, and then we had somebody come out of the woodworks, and well, not out of the, that was Isaac, right? Yeah, that was, was Isaac. He was he was in the woodworks uh, pretty firmly, uh, and you know, provide an, an iOS app, which was great. So at that point, we we were building up like a little empire of apps. A guy came along later and gave us a was a Pebble Watch app too. All this stuff because of the. Because of the that was a roller games ramp, by the way, I just smashed into uh, <laughs> all, all of these things uh, made made possible because of this API. So anyway, there there there's an architecture behind the site. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's dated. It evolves slowly, um, but it's ever changing, and hopefully, uh, will continue to change. We have some cool plans for it in the near future, which mm-hmm. we'll get into uh, in this and future episodes. I'm sure. Yeah, and I'd say like a one fun little fact is that uh, let me bring up the GitHub page where we store publicly all our code for the site. And in the years we've been using GitHub, we've committed three thousand one hundred and seventy-seven commits of code, so that many updates basically to the site. And we this isn't this isn't for the full nine years, nine ten years. Because before we were using, uh, what was that, SVN something? Yeah, Subversion. Subversion. Yeah, Yeah, cool. Um, And we probably update the code on the site uh, at least once a week. And, you know, sometimes those are pretty minuscule little updates, like change the text on this page or change this color or whatever, like like little front-end things. Um, But not always. I think pretty often we have nice little... uh, code updates that you know we don't um publicize them i guess because they're just little things and you'd have to be looking at our github page to see what's actually being committed and i'm sure most people don't care but they sometimes they are cool features that are based on getting people's feedback on how they use the site observing how people use the site and then us you know having our our list right now we have 49 issues on the site uh, on the github page and issues could be bugs or they can be feature requests so we're constantly working on the site and for us it's just you know a hobby that we do after we get off work and after the kids are asleep Uh, yeah it's kind of i mean i don't know it's weird it's weird to talk about that too much but it is Mm -hmm. kind of i think it's a little unusual 10 years on for something like this to still get the amount of attention it does Mm -hmm. Uh, given, you know, that it actually costs money to run the site. Uh, but you know, I guess by talking about it, you kind of eliminate goodwill that you might have had for doing it. (laughs) So I won't talk about it for too much, but man, I don't know. I'm impressed. That's a lot of commits. Um, maybe by the 4,000th commit, we'll have everything exactly right. And it'll just run on its own for the next 15 years. So that's a lot of a lot of intro stuff there. Map and Ryan and I, which to be totally honest with you, feels sort of like an interview so far, except we're interviewing ourselves and each other, which mm-hmm. feels weird for a podcast that we'd like to do more than one time. Uh, so there you go, intros. Uh, more than happy to dig deeper on any of that if anyone has any questions or concerns with the information you've heard. I say we move right along to what we hope will be regular uh, segments on each episode of this. Segment one 
Map tech. Map tech. Map tech. This segment is for what's coming up with the technology stack, uh, maybe philosophically or uh, in practice, like directions that the map's going to take. Uh, so this week's map tech, we got two big ones. Um, first one is regionless. I'm hoping people have noticed this, but maybe the next step for regionless is for us to make it the the actual face of the pinball map. But we made a regionless map. What is a regionless map, Ryan? Well, when we started expanding outside of Portland, we just made each other city like a separate map. And so the data was siloed on its own. It was, uh, you know, the Seattle map, the Portland map, the New York City map. The problem then was that people travel and they complain. I hate switching between New York and New Hampshire or something like that. Or the the boundaries of these regions would be uh, sort of vague. So we integrated them all into one giant map, which right now we're just calling regionless because we were calling those maps regions. And now this is the regionless map. Um, And then with that, we also added support for locations that aren't in any region, like a location in uh, Montana, which we don't have an existing region for Montana. We have it right now only on the website. Um, it's pinballmap.com slash regionless. And there's, you know, a link in the header for it. It's it's in beta mode right now, so we don't consider it done. Two things about the regionless map. Maybe we don't get into it now. I feel like uh, our niche bread and butter, some other uh, metaphor for the pinball map versus other maps was always the regions. And because of the regions, you had people in the regions who knew the locations. So you didn't have a pinball map where, like, uh, there's one machine sitting out in the middle of nowhere, and it was hard to tell whether that location still existed or if the machines there were still around because they hadn't been updated for so long. We were a a curated website, right? Like local local experts making sure that the data is up to date. So going mm-hmm. regionless is kind of a... Um, a pivot there and uh, I don't know that we get into it here maybe we talk about it in a different segment different episode um, but there are ways that we would like to mitigate that uh, so even though we're opening it up to the entire world at this point mm-hmm. uh, you can add a location anywhere and it will show up on the map we still have some degree of oversight to make sure that the it's a real place and the machines are are going to be there in two weeks yeah. Fair. Yeah, totally fair. And yeah, this other... is something we talked about for years before we actually did it cuz we just didn't want to we, we we didn't want it to have like a negative impact on the quality of the data. Yeah, I mean to and not to be like a regional about about <laughs> this, but there's part of me that was just kind of always wanting to keep it a Portland pinball map just because <laughs> then you don't have to worry about the data. We know that it's good because those were places that we would visit with some regularity. Um, yeah. So the bigger it gets, the the more likely that the data can be problematic. But like I said, we have we have technology ways uh, to try to address that. We'll get into that at some point. The other big news, and I, I mean, I think regionless is pretty big, but this is probably bigger. Um, 
I mentioned earlier we have this website with an API and because we have an API we can build applications that talk to the API. Um, but it turns out that it to write native Android apps and iOS apps and a website and an API, it's a lot to maintain, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a good Android programmer. I'm not a good iOS programmer. These were basically the first Android and iOS apps that I wrote. Um, so they're they're not great. Put it to you that. I, I mean, I think they, they work, but over time it's clearer and clearer that there are problems here that we just can't address as quickly as it should be addressed. Um, so the other big piece of news is that we are putting out a React Native version of the mobile applications. And what React Native is is basically a JavaScript wrapper around a compiler that'll turn the same JavaScript code into native Android and native iOS apps. So you write one application and it turns into two applications every every time you compile it, which is kind of kind of cool, right? I think. Yeah, Very. I think it's super cool. It was so easy. I mean, it was so easy to forget like what to have like feature parity on all three basically. Like I I would I think for like years like there wasn't in like an operator search on the iOS app or something like that and you just kind of forget that after a while. You're like, "Oh, we, we didn't add that one feature to the iOS app but because, you know, we had done it on the website, we had done it on Android, and then little things like that sort of slip through. Just such a pain to context switch, like to work on the website for three months to try to get a feature in and then have to go back to the Android app, which you haven't worked on in six months, but you don't want to leave because there's a bug or a feature, like you said. It's, it's not uh, workable. So I'm pretty excited for the React Native app. We have help on that one, too, which is good. Yeah, um, thank, thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. Uh, and it will, jeez, uh, I don't want to get too deep into this, but any uh, programmer will understand this. This app will actually be tested, whereas, <laughs> like, the Android and iOS apps had no tests. That was just like me running everything and clicking all the buttons and just hoping for the best, which is the worst way to try to put code out there. But I, geez, I gotta say in my defense, I haven't really seen a great uh, testing ecosystem for Android or iOS as far as integration tests are concerned. But I'm gonna hold my breath and back up a little bit. I don't wanna get mm-hmm. too angry. Uh, that, that's kind of like a fun fact about the the pinball map website that i don't know if you have like a a number for how many tests there are but there's like hundreds of tests and you just run it and it basically clicks on everything and does everything and tells you when things are failing and so every time we do an update we run the test and it's a really great way to know if an update you made just like broke some other random thing which totally happens yeah, geez, maybe at some point in the future we should spend 15 minutes just talking about testing because it's so awesome. And I feel like maybe that's how these projects fail, or not fail, start off um, really well and then disappear. Because if you don't have that testing foundation for your code, it's hard to tell, uh, it's hard to make big changes, I guess, and have any kind of confidence that your whole application still does what you want it to do. So I'll get off that soapbox, but. I want to talk more about that later. 
Now it's time to dip in with Danny B. Alright, I just dipped down to Danny B's crib to hear what he's got to say. Danny B, aka Danny Backglass, aka Danny Bellrose, is an actor. You've seen him in Portlandia, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and a lot more. He's a DJ, a teacher, and one of the most renowned location players around. When he isn't spinning punk, metal, and occasionally the Grateful Dead, just to keep people on their toes. <laughs> Each Wednesday night at 82 <laughs> in the LA Arts District, he's uh, working there as a tech or something. Hi, Danny. Hey, how's it going, Rom? Fantastic. Thanks. S- sweet. <laughs> Do people on this podcast know that your nickname is Rom? No, they don't. Well, it is. It is, you're right. Rom, R-O-M. Didn't John Ray give you that? Yep. John Ray gave me nickname Rom. John Tilt Ray. <laughs> Don't we, you miss John Ray? I miss John Ray. I haven't seen him in like seven years since I moved out of here. He's got a huge chapter. Does he? Yeah, Fort Worth. Bigger than our uh, L.A. chapter? Ah, he's creeping on us. So, for those that don't know, Danny B. and I are in the Crazy Flipper Fingers pinball gang. He's Danny Backglass, and I'm Rom. And uh, we make up the L.A. chapter. It's us two. We're huge. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's the first question. Why isn't the chapter growing at all, dude? Man, it's growing. It is growing, and uh, you know we have uh, we had you know a prospect, and he moved to Idaho, and you know he's growing. Uh huh. Man, I had a sweet nickname for him too. Can you tell us? I I suppose I can tell you now. I was gonna call him War Machine Multi Ball. Oh, nice. War Machine Multi Ball. Because he was he liked to box, and he'll knock somebody out. But then he he like plays guitar and stuff man better than you yeah he smokes me <laughs> i don't know let's bust it out hold on we'll okay we'll just dub in you playing guitar right there <laughs> <laughs> we'll dub in slash well, guitar solo well, tegan and sarah uh-huh. <clears throat> dug in you strumming and i really love tegan and sarah when i'm ripping a sweet game of cannonball run my favorite game so you put on the buds at work and uh, just crank the Tegan and go at it? Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Or do you play, as your DJ, you just put on a full album side and then you just you know, leave the DJ booth and go play for just a bit? Put on a, just put on Dope Smoker and go home. Yeah. I've been actually into, uh, into the, the Ghost and Goblins, but I can only play it when, there's, when it's really slow or I can sneak one I'll put on like a disguise. I put on like, you know, a different hat, like a White Sox hat instead of a St. Louis hat. Yeah. That that leads up to a question that I have or a comment or something. There's, you don't wear a uniform at your work, and you just look like a cool guy cruising around at 82. And sometimes people have trouble like starting a game. They don't know what button to push to start a pinball game. And then you sidle up next to them, and you give them a tip. And they turn and look at you. And what are some of the reactions you get sometimes? 
Uh, you know, I get a lot of a lot of great reactions. Actually, uh, you know, there's you throw a little alcohol in on the mix too. Yeah. Um, you know, some people want to get aggressive. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's like, an aggressive move, right? Like I, for some reason, people in Los Angeles, in particular, and I don't know if this is true of any other people who work in arcades. I keep hitting the bill of my hat on the mic. Can you hear that? It's going like a kaplunk. But uh, they love the eject button. Like I don't know if they think like, oh, this really scum a scam it. These things are so like. They're old. If you if you push it in just right, you'll get a credit and your and your quarterback. Or like mm-hmm. some people are like jamming, jamming, jamming on it. And I'm like, hey man, I think you forgot to press the uh, the start button. But I also like I'm pretty clear. Like there's a lot of just I don't know if it's ego or I mean like you don't roll up to the f- bartender and he's wearing like a TJI Fridays like '82 suit and you're like. He's like, hey, what can I get you? And you're like, do you even work here? Like, it's a bar, man. Right. Like, how many uniform bars are there? There's like, what? What is this? I don't think there are any. Goddamn Wendy's? (laughs) You want me to dress like an artesian douchebag? Yeah. Or like wear a little quarter thing on on my belt, you know, and and I'll dress like the guy from Three's Company. (laughs) A big old tool belt? A tool belt, yeah. Uh I grew the beard, though, so now I'm a beard douche. Yeah. You could have, like, an extension cord over your shoulder, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, like, I've we, we got it down to kind of to a science. Say somebody, you know, thinks that the pinball machine is like, say, a dinner table. And they have, like, a six-pack on there and, like, some Doritos and some dip and shit. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like... So I know not just, just walk up and get mad because then they want to fight you real quick. So, you know... <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I I say, excuse me. And depending on whether it's, you know, a group of guys or a group of girls or both, sometimes just generalize it. Excuse me, guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we, yeah. we don't allow drinks on our games. Yeah. And from there... There's cup can, holders, yeah. mm-hmm. drinks holders. There's drink holders. Yeah. There's tables behind On you. the side. Uh-huh. And tables on the sides of all the video games. Yeah. And then they're like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, we don't allow drinks on our games. Mm. There's drink holders on the sides. Do they say, who's we? Do you even work here? Bitch, why would I give a flying fuck about this game? <laughs> What kind of people is this? Why give a, would I give a damn about this game, uh, this pinball machine in on in on Alameda? If I didn't work here, why would I give a flying two rips about you, man? And then what do they say? They're of like, course oh, I work point. here. <laughs> now why are you like trying to stick your Wiener in the star. Can I curse? Yeah, you can curse. Why are you trying to stick your dick in my eject button? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You hear where I'm coming from? Yeah. It's whack rom. Uh-huh. There's a start button. It says start <laughs> in bright letters. So usually blinking right there. They will hit every other button. They hit the coin release Man. 20 times. 
Is there anything you'd tell Stern or Jersey Jack or whoever, Spooky, that they could make that button a little, like, easier to push? Should it just be, like, a dinner plate? Gosh, I don't know. I was almost thinking maybe, like, an LED, you know, like, that goes up to, like, a bright arrow and that says uh-huh. start. And also, you know, uh, the uh, the top button and the... You know, like the the eject buttons. Oh yeah, those little. You know, they kind of they confuse people a little bit. You know, I like them personally, but people confuse are me. idiots with them. I mean, complete fucking morons. You couldn't get any dumber than some of the people <laughs> who haven't. I don't know if it's just because I played and you know somebody lurking. Yeah. Just lurking around. I always got. See, that's why I don't like leaving my lights on. Other like, oh, what does he have? What can I steal? Um, so, you know, man, I deal with a lot of stuff there, and it boggles my mind, but I try to keep, you know, it's customer service, like, I've worked in bars a long time, I understand that drunk douchery. Do you play in a lot of tournaments these days? I mean, I have to say, I'm, I guess you could say I'm retired, I, and I, sh- I, sh- I would if I had time and to do it, but I, a lot of my time is, you know, dedicated to that job. Yeah, I mean, you work at a place where there's you're in front of pinball all day. Pinball all day. Like, then you get a day off. What do you want to do? Go play a tournament? Not really. Not yeah. so much. But sometimes I like to... I like to... Yeah, I even end up at 82 to like so I can actually play a game. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can get in a game maybe at work if it's slow, but it's you still got people dipping up on you. You feel bad, like, you know, you're... Because you're you, just racking up replay after replay. Yeah, well, I play, you know, I play, man. I like to go on the marathon and try to beat uh-huh. the whole game and everything. And, and if and then I start getting up in, like, a 20-minute game, I start getting nervous, like, I'm on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, like, there... I always feel like my boss is standing right behind me, and I'm all like... Doesn't your boss, though... You know, you want you want to promote pinball while you're there. You don't want people to get too discouraged by having crappy games over and over. They're new to it. They're draining. Yeah. And you come up, and you're like, this is what could be done. Suddenly, you've got, like, a crowd of people behind you. Yeah. They're like, Danny B's amazing. Who is this guy? Yeah, that especially happened a lot when, you know, when we opened. And people who were there would always say, like, oh, I don't know. The rumor got out that I was, like, one of the best in the world or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. And, uh... But that's all, like, just because I played a lot of, like, a tournament a week for, like, three yeah. years straight. Yeah. But, uh... But I, you know, not, I mean, I won some big ones and that, you know, but, yeah, be, uh, you know, I, I probably beat Neil Schatz three times. Three times? Yeah. Man. I, I even, he was like, Dan, you out, you out Schatzed me, man. <laughs> Does he, like, speak of himself in the third person a lot? Yeah, he's like, you out Schatz the Schatz. Yeah. And I was like, Neil. Dude, you're a ripper, man. Like you're still a ripper, Dan. You Neil. you can't bang back, man. And he was like, I didn't think you would see it. <laughs> I didn't know you. Were, and I'm you're like, like, I'm standing right behind you. You got disqualified. And then, uh-huh. and and then one time I <laughs> I destroyed Keith. It was our. It was you know he was when we first opened. He was working on the games and stuff. Uh-huh. And that. Uh, some Yuri Owen some of the, operating some of the games there. Did he cry or what? And, and we had a little split flip off, mm. a little four on four, threw in a little fiver, and <laughs> and he was like, he was weird because he has the same voice as Neil Schatz, and he was like, hey, Dan, I like, you really kicked my ass again. And I was like, yeah. 
Yeah, I did. And he was like, here's, here's your five bucks, man. And I was like, cool. Is that the five bucks that's on your wall right yeah, now? Right there, yeah, okay. right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a sweet time. And uh, in Northwest 2011, mm. kicked everybody's ass. Northwest 2011. That's, that's not the one I got. I got ninth on one of them one year. Well, it wasn't the year I was in it because I got ninth too. What? That must. Yeah. I must have been 2010 or 2000. Wow. No, I think that was 2009. Hey, that was a big one though. That was a big tournament to just roll up. And yeah, that was huge. I slept in a van the night before. Yeah, man. And I woke up wearing the same clothes I wore for like two days straight. Right. Hopped in there to the quarters. And then. And I got crushed. And but, then you, you know. get crushed by Todd McCulloch. I got crushed by Keith that time actually. By Keith, yeah. Or the, I, I think the the sharp the sharp brothers would probably were crushing you a little bit. Probably. Dash sharp brothers. Dash sharps. Um. Hmm. Scott Scott the co-host wanted me to ask this. So one time, you guys. You and you versus Scott were playing in a weekly tournament in Portland, and you guys were battling on Simpsons. No, that was not a weekly. It wasn't? That was the first ground control tournament. Uh, okay. And that's when it was still like the league, but for some reason they decided one, like early on, that they would make it like you i think you played in it yeah i might yeah i played in a bunch and, uh, of those ones because they at the they decided one year in the league they were like you know what we're just gonna make the end of our league like only like the same eight people showed up or just and they had been doing it for a couple of years that was the first pinball league it had to have been one of the first ones like especially in the northwest yeah it was with uh god i can't remember the guy's name the the one guy he was he played in tournaments for a while too in the early days but he was always at ground control anthony who worked there Not, anthony <laughs> would play yeah and uh and Weston, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, uh-huh. and Jeff would run it, and uh, and those guys, and and it was a cool league. But for some reason, like, or I might have played in like two. I might have shown up for like one night, right? Yeah, and like crushed it. And they were like, dude, I mean, you got enough points to play in the finals, you know, and or something, something along that lines. But we, I could not believe that. Like, we crushed Simpsons so bad. Simpsons had just kind of come out. Mm. It was like brand new game, or and ground control. It might have been like a year or two old, but ground control. It was one of the first ones that ground control had for sure. It uh-huh. wasn't that old though, you know. And uh, God, I feel like so old talking like that. But when it was like that was like pinball was already long dead. You know, they were just <laughs> throwing out some games. And then the Simpsons brought it back. And the Simpsons was a sweet game when that garage door worked, and that thing was on fire. Mm-hmm. And me. I don't know how Scott... He must have been playing it a lot then, too, at the time. But he... I put up, like... I had been playing it a lot at the time. And for some reason, I had just rolled up to the tournament, and everybody was like, this dude, I was hot. And everybody was like, this guy's the greatest player of... (laughs) This guy's amazing. Like, I took out all the dudes. I was just having a good game. I played at Ground Control a lot, like, all day, you know? And, uh... Man, my pump's going off being like oh Danny B has diabetes oh, you're low as if 70's low <laughs> I've gotten down to 20 and drove home on the sidewalk but <laughs> that was the old days um but yeah and Scott man I put up like I walked up to Simpson I swear to God on that first ball 
I put up like a hundred and fifty million, which on uh, Simpsons is big, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was set pretty nasty. I got through the aliens, like beat it all, beat it all up, beat all. You got to beat all the something, all the modes to get into the aliens. So I had mm-hmm. them all going on the first boss. So that means I had everything times two. So I was getting nasty points, man. And uh, and and then Scott walked up and he like upped it. Like like a buck seventy, and I was like, "This is insane! How is this going on?" And then I came through and put up and got through all them fucking modes and shit again, and got the mystery thing going uh, with the split oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. I got that going. I got all the uh, the the comic guy going again, where he times everything up again. Yeah, by getting those hurry ups and all that. Holy shit, man. That was insane. See? And I put up like two and a quarter. Nice. And then he came up and upped it again. I think I ended up winning, though. What was his story? He's, his story is you won it. I, th- I did because yeah. I won. But it was a I won great game. A, this fucking, I won the goddamn NHL 94, the Sega. <laughs> and I got NHL 94, which is the greatest game yeah. ever made. Uh-huh. That's the greatest sports game. Yeah. NHL 94. It's a little, little t- slight glitch, but you can, you can put your goalie on manual and get past that. Yeah. So don't, you know, don't be bullshitting <laughs> with the one timers, and don't be playing the all stars. <laughs> you can't be playing the all stars. Come on, man. But uh, you know, you get your user records up, and <laughs> man, it's really something. It's, it's right there. It's up, I still have it. It's up there. It's just uh, you know, behind that the magic. Oh, yeah curtain of my toys and stash Still up. as you see his toy stash my toy stash has dwindled a little bit but yeah you guys can't see this but there's a toy stash but uh right now i just kept up some he's one of the biggest collections of f- figurines on skateboards that i've ever it's seen massive like boxes it's, multiple boxes it's stupid and, and i started collecting legitimately like maybe one of my first not my you know some of my first early ganking <laughs> and and I remember my granny and my grandpa had a little toy closet and I was just old enough that I was like I gotta gank that cookie monster man it's on a skateboard and I finally like looked at that thing for years and then one year I finally ganked it I must have been in like 6th grade from and your then, who? your grandpa? yeah and then Hardy's was putting out them California raisins so I kept going and getting mm. them on skateboards and, mm-hmm. and then, I'm a weird dude man but I don't even have, but I do have like the full collection of like the smash ups yeah. that got like taken off the shelves. Right I away. had a, I had, I think almost all of those. You have them all like in, wait, are they in package? Yeah, yeah. still package. You have them in package. I used to have them and. They're so sweet. Yeah, I got rid of them. That's a pro That's, shit. Those That's things are awesome. Shit. Really cool. Savage Mondo Blitzers, I have all those. Mm-hmm. So when you mentioned earlier <laughs> that the garage door breaking on Simpsons. That made me think, like, about... That's, what we a get, battle we, that was. We get people that leave comments about machines on the map. I should start out, you don't even use Pinball Map. You, I don't use you're it old so school, much. Which means you think that there's only, like, four places in L.A. that have machines because you just, like, well, don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, I just go to the ones I always went to and... Well, anyway, my point was that, like, people leave comments <laughs> and they... Elevator. But, well, yeah, people leave comments. I'm sorry, I'm just being a dick. Yeah, you are, man. I'm trying to finish a sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the question? It wasn't even a question. Uh, I was yeah, just going to say that, like, down. like, 
that that door breaking on the Simpsons is one of the most common things that people write. It as ruins a com- the game. Like all across Pinball Map, every other Simpsons is like doors broken. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think they would figure something out so the door wouldn't break. And some people like they make it so the door's wide open all the time, so it just doesn't close. And right. then the up kicker will break then. Yeah. And uh, guess what? Garage is broken. Uh-huh. And they'll just be like, ha-dump, ha-dump, ha-dump. And Homer going, oh, diddle. Danny, we got to wrap it up. We're only doing short segments Wait. with you. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loving an Living it up when I'm going down. The real question is, what mode would you choose on Kiss? And I would go with Lick it up, lick it up. Guy, maps, guy. Usernames, maps, usernames of the month. So uh, I, I have noticed we we don't I don't know that we have hard numbers on this, but as as we've made these changes, added regions, uh, added the applications, blah blah blah. Oh, and uh, what like a year or so ago? It's I I'm not good with time. Uh, we actually added a user system um, mm. because we had some some violators of data. I don't know how you want to phrase that, but some people who are who are not good stewards of mm. of the data. Mm-hmm. Um, and since adding that, I think there's I don't know there's what like four thousand people that use yeah forty eight hundred people that are that have signed up. Okay, forty eight hundred, and uh, because it's a pinball site, and you know it kind of reminds me kind of like the old BBS days of the internet, or yeah, I guess that's not necessarily the internet. Anyway, it reminds me of the old BBS days uh, where people have kind of creative usernames. Um, <laughs> so we thought it made sense once a month to go through that list and provide you with the username of the month. And this month, I have to say, I don't think they've been the most creative usernames. And But to back up for a second, I think it's like a really fun thing to be able to have a site where people have usernames i don't know i've never i've never had that and it's fun to see what they come up with we do limit you to like 15 characters or fewer um which i'm sure bums some people out but i don't know it's just like i it's not like either of us like obsesses over this and like stares at the users or anything but it is something that's fun to like click over and check on once in a while and uh um, so I put in for this month of June, this will be, this will come out. I mean, it is July right now, but, uh, looking back on June, um, I put four that, that were in my top and maybe we can discuss them, see yeah. what, see what you think is the best. We can maybe okay. come to an agreement about which one of these four will earn the title of username yeah. of the month. No, I'm into it. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. And this first one probably isn't going to win it, but I liked it because it's, well, it's Immolation Fan. Immolation Fan. 
And Scott, do you know what immolation is? I do. That's, well, I mean, I know self-immolation is when you light yourself on fire. So I imagine immolation is being on fire? Yeah, but I'm going to guess that this is a reference to the death metal band from New York, Immolation. And that this person is a fan of that band. (laughs) Okay, I... Okay, I got it. Immolation fan. So either they're a fan of this band or they're a fan of something being on fire. I don't really know what immolation means, I guess. Yeah, can you... I mean, I definitely hear of, like, self-immolation, and that's obviously when yourself is on fire, but I never hear people refer to other things being immolated. Yeah, like, oh, that that's ashes now because of immolation. Mm-hmm. No. That doesn't, you don't say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, I feel like that's a strong entry. What else okay. you got? Uh, next up, uh, you know, this, I thought, I just like this, thought it was funny because it's a Simpsons reference. It's mm, donuts. And okay. I, I didn't sound like Homer right there, but you know. Uh, what jumps out at me about mm, donuts is uh, I feel like you're going to have trouble entering this username over and over again because you're going to have to remember how many M's that you needed to put in there. But I, I yeah. think with our app, I would be shocked if people ever do this more than once, right? Like you put your username in, you probably never have to do it again. Yeah, I don't think you got to log out. I mean, so it's four M's in this case in case anyone's okay. wondering. Okay. And so uh, I and the other thing about that one is I could come in with mm, donuts with 5 M's or mm, donuts with 3 M's. Yeah. I guess I'm more concerned about this username than impressed. Someone could be pretending to be mm, donuts and making bad comments about machines or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. All right. So next one. Two more. Two, two more. more. Now we're on number 3. Number three, I just thought this was a funny one. It's Sad Squatch. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like Sasquatch, but just a sad Sasquatch. Named sad Sas- Squatch. Sad Squatch. Okay. Uh, um, any idea? Well, I don't think we... Let's go on record here. We don't really track much information about our users, like anything. Um, no. So my question was going to be where they're from, if it's like a Pacific Northwestern person, but we don't really have a way to figure that out. No, I mean, you could do like some investigation into what locations they've edited, if they have yeah. edited any locations. And, you know, usually people are based in one region and editing locations in one region. So you can see that they're in Vancouver, Washington or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can kind of narrow it down that way. Okay, last one. Last one. <laughs> Name, Name number four, four has, has been, been removed from the record. record. All right, great. I'm prepared to rule on. I mean, I, I have a, I have a vote of which one I like the most. All do right, you me say too. It on th- what do you say? It on three. Okay. One, two, three. Simulation fan. <sighs> Wow, Sad <laughs> Okay, I like in, I liked Immolation fan because it feels very um, literal. You know, this person sat down and they're like, uh, "I either they either really like this band mm-hmm. and just threw the word fan at the end, mm. um, or they like things being on fire, which I also f- would find funny." 
yeah. not in not because it's so literal. Yeah, and it's also why, like you know this is a pinball site, and a lot of people, a lot of people's usernames are like pinball John, and or their initials that you know are wizard something or other, and so they're oftentimes like their the identity they choose on this site is their pinball identity, and this person is like, no, yeah. my identity here is that I'm a death metal fan, or that I like right. seeing things on fire. So what what edged out that for you with Sad Squatch? Sad Squatch. I don't really know. I think part of it was I just thought that's what you would choose, and I wanted to like be in sync with Sad Squatch. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'd like mm-hmm. say the same thing at the same time, which would have sounded cool. Instead, we said different things, and it's like, oh man. And it wasn't really at the same time no, either. Yeah. Well, we could just we'll we'll sync that up in post, so it just is like right on top. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like you, because, and we'll, I'm sure, get into this at some point, but Ryan is the, uh, I don't know how to describe this, like the oil that keeps the pinball map engine running with any degree of consistency. If you've ever written the pinball map or you've ever had a question or ever had any kind of interaction at all, Ryan is the one that helped you. Um, because I, I'm just the guy who types, uh, computer program stuff. Um, because of that, I feel like you're a lot closer to the user data than Mm -hmm. I am. I'm a little surprised, although I, I'm talking myself out of this, but uh, do most people put their initials, like our most usernames, what they would be, uh, if they put up a high score on world cup soccer? Uh, no, most are not that, but I would say, you know, looking at the usernames and there's 20 to a page that I'm looking at and Mm -hmm. only Mm -hmm. three are, could potentially be initials there. So 17 aren't. Gotcha. We got Robert Hamburger. We got Time Lord Warner. You know, these are just not initials. (laughs) (laughs) I like like Robert Hamburger. You must not have signed up in June. that's July. So maybe they'll come back up in the next episode. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, great. Welcome to Shoot the Lock. The lock is lit, and Scott just needs to aim truly and hit it. To hit it, he needs to guess some map statistics. In this episode, the stats are based around map edits and stuff. Is the data languishing in decay, or is it active and up-to-date? Find out now on Shoot the Lock. Good luck, Scott. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I'm kind of excited and a little nervous because I feel like my stats mostly come from you. So I'm gonna expose myself as not really having much, uh, much context for what these numbers should be. So let's do it. I'll I'll follow my yeah, heart. Yeah, Just follow your heart. Uh, all right. So how many machine condition comments were left in the month of June? Machine condition comments month of June. Machine condition comments month of June. I will guess in the map. Do you want to know first how? Like oh, you're looking at how many machines there are total. No, I, I'm got no. I I'm looking at the levels of the microphone right now. I'm not I'm not cheating or looking anything up. I'm pensively stroking my not beard. It's, I guess that's just a chin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
trying to think, and I'm trying to reason it out. There's like 60-something regions, correct? No, there's 96. (laughs) Oh, okay. There's 96 96 regions. Uh, Some are active, some are not. Plus now there's region region list locations too. So you got another, I don't have that stat right now, but there's 50 or 60 region list locations right now. And region list was added in June, correct? And that means Japan showed up, which was pretty big. Well, Japan, um, all right. yeah, Japan started out as region list, and then they, the guy that was adding the locations there, decided he wanted to have a Japan region. Um, mm-hmm. So we added a region. So those those Roughly aren't region so. anymore. Those are that's a legit okay. region. But it was a it was a large area of pinball that showed up, an entire country of pinball yeah. that showed mm-hmm. up. Um, all right. God, this is really... I feel like I don't want to say anything too high or too low. I got a number now. Okay. 400. 400. 400 comments about the conditions of machines. You're low. You're actually almost... That's almost half. It's 881 Whoa. comments were made. Um, wow. Yeah, pretty good amount there we oh, get that's pretty good okay yeah and you know another little fun fact we could bring in is that we do get uh part of well i guess we weren't going to get into this but part of being like someone part of like overseeing the data and making sure it isn't crappy is making sure that people aren't tampering with it or doing bad stuff which they almost never do so it's you know that's great but we get a little digest of what the comments were um, for for whatever region you're an administrator of, um, that that administrator gets a little digest of the day's comments and, mm-hmm. yeah. So that I don't want to egg anybody on, mm-hmm. but like let that be a lesson to you. People are watching. You can't just say that f word somewhere and have it go unnoticed. Yeah, we'd we'd see that f word. Okay. And we'd, we'd read it. <laughs> we'd talk about the f word. We'd consider putting asterisks in that f word uh-huh. a lot would go on yeah those are like behind the scenes things we talk, talk about like should right. we edit that out right yeah right all right so okay what else step. you got all right how many machines were removed from locations which is you know it's sad when a machine okay. is removed we don't like that but it happens so mm-hmm. how many do you think mm-hmm. okay so what i do know is i, I i've seen your graphs and i feel mm-hmm. like uh, month over month, there's a slight increase in the number of on-location machines, yeah. which you could attribute to growth of the map or growth of pinball. I feel like it's both. It's um, both, but, yeah. Okay, yeah, both. Um, the, we remove less than we add. There were 880-whatever comments, 81 comments. Um, I'm going to guess... 553 machines were removed wrong it was uh (laughs) really close to the comments actually is 842 machines removed wow Uh, okay are you also going to ask me how many were added so that'll that'll be different you know just uh yes you could you could work it out in your head or you could work it out with your we'll say it again eight eight hundred and what 42 42 okay 842 proceed proceed now you have to tell me how many machines were added okay 
842. More were added, mm. but not much more, but more. Mm-hmm. 981 machines were added in June. No, wrong again. Interesting. Um, <laughs> it was 1,422 machines added. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's a lot net, more. Yeah, net positive, definitely. And, you know, I guess 255 of those were in Japan. Uh, okay. So that, that okay. helps, like you're saying, it's a, it's a combo of adding a new region because all of a sudden we have Japan on the map and there's 255 machines. Those aren't brand new machines put out on location. They're just brand new machines added to the map. Right. And we're not going to stabilize until every single on location machine is accounted for yeah. on the map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but that's actually I I did put that in a chart and s- that was the most since I've been like keeping monthly stats, which has only been a year and a half. Um and that's the most in a month by like 300. Oh, wow. Or, okay. Yeah. Thanks Japan. Yeah, thank you Japan. It's cool uh, to look at that Japan map too. Not to be like mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. US guy who doesn't look at maps enough as much as he should. But mm-hmm. to see a country that just fits on my screen nice like that, but I still feel like has some zoom level detail, mm-hmm. uh, and to see exactly where the machines are, it's kind of cool. And it's cool just to see like what they <laughs> what they call their locations too. There's a lot of all caps. This one is called Banban Kinoyama, and Banban is all caps. I don't know why, but yeah, what's up with that? And Maybe uh, somebody from Japan or who knows more about Japan than we do can tell us what's with the caps. Yeah, maybe they could. So one stat we have is location confirmations. Like this is a feature maybe we added like three or four years ago. I don't know. But people used to wonder Mm -hmm. like when was this place last updated? And I think we added that at the same time. So like the we had a, a thing that says like location last updated June 5th and then people could see that it's, you know, people are actually using the map at that location and it's probably up to date. And then we also added location confirmation where someone could point out that even though they don't have anything, any machines to add or remove from that location to or from that location, they uh, still want to like click a button that says, I've been here and I can confirm this is the lineup. Um, so we added that location right. confirmations. I have found that the iOS app, people accidentally click it when I think they're just swiping. It's it's mm-hmm. an easy one to accidentally hit. I've had instances where like a business owner, this is kind of weird, but a business owner was looking at his competitions, another business's location and accidentally clicked location, con- uh, confirm location. And he emailed me and was like, now it says that I was the last one to update their location. I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> and I said, calm down. And Yeah, I feel like we could we could do a whole episode of this thing about operators uh, yeah. and interactions with the map. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, so it's, you know, to be honest, uh, I think sometimes that this stat is maybe inflated, but it who knows? Maybe it isn't. I don't know. So how many times? Okay. How many times did people confirm a location? Okay, so here's my reasoning here. Um, I, as a as a relative layman to 
using the actual app <laughs> and the website. Like, I don't get out very often is what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I will say, I feel like this is a really great feature, and I feel like the average person isn't going to pick out their phone mm. and hit that button as quickly as they can. And I wish they would. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a super useful thing mm-hmm. to be able to just say, yeah, it's it's the same. It's all still there. Because if nobody did that and the, the location didn't update the lineup very often, it would look old and people would be questioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope that it's part of like uh, people's workflow, going to a bar, taking a look. If it's the same thing, hit the button. Um, yeah, now that you mentioned it. And you're saying. I, yeah, I don't do that when I go to a place. I should. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't either. Yeah. Um, and, and I I should. Um, but here's my here's my thought process here. You, you said it's potentially an inflated number. Makes me wonder if it's a high number. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that number of ads is in the 1400s. Number of deletes is in the 800s. Um, so that makes me feel like there's at least 1400 moments where somebody was in a bar with the app open, or I'm sorry, in a location with the app open, interacting with the website. Um, Oh man. And then there's, excuse me, there's comments. There's like 800 and something comments. So I feel like this number uh, should be very high, but I also think it's not going to be very high because people don't think to do that. Mm. Uh, So I'm going to go 512. Wow. That was really close actually. Oh, nice. I thought you were going to go somewhere in the stratosphere with that. Um, but no, what I, what it is, is it? 470. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In the ballpark. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the gut. I mean, uh, by the numbers, it should be pretty high, but I just don't think it's something people think to do. And we should all, we should all do yeah, it. Yeah, we should. That, I don't so do we'll it. see next month if yeah. people <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> really lobbying for that feature. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a fantastic okay. feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got some more stats. Uh, you know, how many, we, we allow people to add scores. This is a feature that we added right at the beginning. Didn't really do much with. It's just a, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's just a form that they can input a score in. We didn't really emphasize it too much. It's not one of our strengths. There is another site app that we are integrated with called Pindigo that manages scores. Um, mm-hmm. our, our data to go. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have a lot of scores. So how many scores do we have, Scott? Scores. Yeah. I also we can get into this at some other point, but I feel like our core user base is. Well, no. Now I'm going back and forth. I was saying we have less of the, uh, like I have seven machines at home people, and more of the I just want to go play pinball people. But I feel like the I just want to go play pinball people are just as likely to get a good score and be excited and want to put it in there mm-hmm. than the, you know, I, I know how to game theater of magic people. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go low. I'm going to say 314. Mm, I think you should have gone lower. It's only, oh, man. only 66 scores. 66. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think, I don't know. Do we need to do we even need to have that? 
part of me when when we put scores in uh as like the pedantic nerd part of me was like yeah people can just put whatever they want so what is this feature i can just put i got you know 100 trillion points um i almost didn't want to add it unless there was some sort of like take a picture of your score mm-hmm. and we write software that parses that image to actually pull your score out um so but I how don't would know. you do that if there's like a four player game and oh, I guess you'd have to just be only have your score in the in the picture. Yeah, I don't I mean, that's why this didn't happen. There's just so many questions. To, I'm sure there's maybe Pindigo does this or I, I don't know. But there there's only so many fonts that they actually use in pinball, right? So mm-hmm. it seems like that would make it easier. And then, you know, that thing where you cash a check um, mm-hmm. using your phone? And they kind of mm-hmm. force you to have it in the little box and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do something like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that would, that's that could, that's disappointing. Yeah, it I, is. So. I spent uh, <laughs> some portion of my life adding that feature, <laughs> and nobody cares. So, well. No. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, this one is a more heartening stat. Uh, how many locations were suggested? And so these are places that aren't on the map yet and people want them to be on the map um mm-hmm. what do you think okay. i mean and, and this doesn't include say like japan they added uh, mm-hmm. 50 locations 55 those are 62 i mean 62 and those are you know those weren't suggested through this suggestion form so these are right yeah, so these stat these ones are only for people that use the forum to say add john's bar okay my thought process here going back to what i said earlier about ryan being the the oil that keeps the website actually going um when we receive these suggestions we get an email about them and I, I look at those emails and then delete them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Ryan, Ryan, uh, and our admins, uh, uh, some, we have some very, very good admins, um, excellent admins. And we also have Ryan, who is, uh, uh an admin himself for many reasons. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm just trying to say, I get the emails. Ryan <laughs> does something with them as do our admins. Uh-huh. Um, so every day I do a select all and a delete. I'd say it's about a full Gmail screen of select all, but maybe I don't look every day. Mm. Uh, that would be about 50, we'll say, every other day. So I'll say 20 a day, 30 days in a month. I'm going to guess 60. Based on um, regionless, I think June was probably bigger. So I'm going to guess 114. Pretty close-ish, yeah, 145. Okay. So okay. it was, It'll yeah, and that's that. yeah. So they're they're streaming in a few a day. So 145. This is a tangent, but I do feel like uh, we need to get regionless out of beta mm. and have that be the the first thing you see when you hit the website. Plus, it's yeah. just kind of a cooler experience for first timer, you know? Yeah, I think it is. In one of the commits that i have pending right now it 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 adds like uh more descriptive text at the beginning for the home page that talks about regionless 
very briefly and has an extra link to it. I mean, there's a link in the header, but I'm sure people are going to miss that. So this is one mm -hmm. other little uh, nudge toward it. But yeah, obviously we should probably just have it on the homepage. Okay, we'll work on mm -hmm. that. Anything else? Uh, one more stat. So we also get... Okay, good. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> How many, like, <laughs> so people contact us, they write to us and... Uh, I was trying to think of like what they're there. I guess there's a whole range to what people will say to us. It's sometimes it's like bug reports or like I'm, I thought this was going to happen, but instead this happened or it's um, they want something. They're like, why isn't this place on the map? Why isn't this like area represented uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, things like that. So they contact us and I respond or I CC you. I, you know, do you ever wonder, like, did Ryan respond to that? Or do you just assume that I'm taking yes. care of it? <laughs> no, I do. I, I do wonder, but I'll say I used to wonder more than I do now. I mean, it's been almost 10 years. And uh, I think I wondered a lot at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sorry, this is like, this is not cool for you. But no, I don't wonder anymore. Mm -hmm. I have total confidence that you respond to these people. And I also kind of feel like if you didn't, we would hear about it again. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, and it, I, occasionally I, I, I do know. forget, and then we do hear about it. They, People yeah. are pretty good at being like, what's up? Like, I sent you a message two mm -hmm. weeks ago, and you didn't respond. And so how many people do you think sent us a contact message? Okay. And, again, I do get these messages, <laughs> and I do click through them all. Uh, there are sometimes I get a little lax in that because we get a lot of SEO optimization emails. Oh, yeah. Do you know Those kind of come in waves. I think we got like two in the last two days where it's someone from yeah. another country that have they've carefully analyzed our website and they have a lot of ideas for how they can optimize it. Yeah, and I wonder about is, is some of these, are they like click farms? Like they're going to... They're going to click on our site a bunch or something, or are they seriously just going to optimize our SEO? They're going to optimize our search engine optimization. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I get the impression. I don't always read them all, of course, because they're just form letters. They're like spam form uh -huh. letters, basically. But they, I, I get the impression because they cite like, oh, your meta description is this, and it should have more like keywords that are awesome in it. And I think uh, they're trying to act like they could just like tweak little things on the site to make the SEO better. Um, well, we have we have a one page app on the website, which adds all kinds of complexity to SEO, which maybe we'll talk about at some future episode. Mm -hmm. um, OK, let me think. I'm picturing my Gmail <laughs> inbox. I'm mentally filtering out the suggested locations. I'm leaving the comments. I'm trying to factor in clicking on those. I especially click on the Portland region mm -hmm. ones. Um, I'm going to guess something around five a day. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go 30 days. So that's 150 but that seems very high to me. So I'm going to subtract for slow days. 
which drops me down to 124. And that's your final? Uh, now it feels <laughs> too high. It feels too high, but... Just think, do you I'm, think I respond no. to 124 in a month? That's a- No. I mean, if you did, that would be crazy, but I, I think you would... I, okay, I'm going to go lower. A five a day is too high. So I'm going to say two a day, and that's going to drop me down. Uh, and I'm going to filter some out. I'm going to say 53. Mm, still a little high. The answer is 36. Oh, that's 36. Okay. That's, that's lower than... I expect. I mean, clearly, because we just talked about it and I gave you a number. But 36 is a little surprising to me. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, getting like one, a, it's a little more than one a day. It still is like a nice little stream of people chatting us up. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Like it's, it's a good manageable amount. But, you know, it's kind of nice because it tells us, it's another indication that people are using it. Right. Because they're taking the time to write us a message that are usually, you know. Yeah, no, messages yeah. are very helpful mm-hmm. I think we got one more segment upcoming stuff non-tech uh, <laughs> a segment to briefly talk about uh, what's coming up with the map uh, outside of a code context which is what we usually talk about there's a lot of a lot of code a lot of data maintenance of data etc that goes through the map um but there's some stuff that happens in the real world too uh and mm-hmm. that's what we we go over here ryan i think uh there's something very real world coming up again soon right something physical uh, that man yeah. man or woman <laughs> might cover thine self with so in the past we sold t-shirts and then we sold all those shirts and so we ran out of them um but we decided to make some more of them so we've got two t-shirt designs coming out right now one is basically the same as the last one uh, except the graphic will be on the back and then we'll have another graphic on the front Uh, and then the other one which is that'll the other one will be a surprise but it's uh, kind of a throwback graphic that mm-hmm. we have in the bank. And it'll be a cool shirt. They're being made somewhere in downtown LA right now. And maybe by the time this comes out, they'll be done. And we'll have them on pinballmap.com store. And you can buy one. Cool. Any excess money that comes out of those, those go into our overhead costs for the site. Since the site costs money for us to run. And so it, it's, it's helpful for us mm-hmm. if you want a shirt and you want to support us to get a shirt and it'll keep the site, keep those databases tabling, keep them tabling. Yeah, man, I feel like uh, as we're doing this podcast, it's like a brainstorming session because I would like to, to go into excruciating detail about the costs of keeping the pinball map site up, not in a mm-hmm. complaining way, just from a... Um, I feel like it's been an interesting exercise to try to keep things as as close mm-hmm. to free as possible. Um, but as things grew, <laughs> we failed um, to do that. So anyway, yeah. We yeah, I think that's that a good topic. Uh, and then the other thing, geez, I have some notes on it, and they're not good notes. It's, it, the notes are basically to not mention <laughs> this thing. So I guess, the, <laughs> so this is me being uh, 
like teasing information, which is silly because it implies people being on the edge of their seats. But we do have uh, a development in the site, which I think is in the works right now. Um, we've had some meetings about it with a, uh, a pinball company. I think we can say that. There is a pinball company that we've been talking with uh, about doing some work with them, some more work. Uh, than we've done in the past. Now you're Jeez. doing great. That's yeah, it's cryptic pretty... enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to talk about that soon. It's kind of exciting for us, you know, working on this project to to be more directly involved with the larger pinball community. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. Super cool. So that's um, that's a podcast about the pinball map and the things that we do with that pinball map. Hopefully something in here resonates with somebody. We're going to try to keep it up just because there's been times over the years where we're like, oh, that's a pretty decent story. Like we have a blog, which isn't crazy updated, but is updated well. And we thought, hey, well, now maybe we'll have a podcast that we try to do once a month. Um, yeah, and I, I think we're not. I think we're not super great at disseminating news to people. In part because I would I would attribute it to not being on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of where most people get their news, mm-hmm. and we're just not on there. If people talk about us on there, we have no idea. Sorry, uh, and so we got a blog that probably not that many people read, but it has some cool updates to it. Blog dot and and then like Twitter will post updates, you know, basically places that people can easily miss. And uh, I think having a podcast is another effort to uh, give people another like medium to tune in on. Definitely. And thank you all users for your continual <laughs> participation in the pinball map community. And let's, uh, let's give an off the cuff attempt at um, podcast catchphrase. Uh, Thanks for listening, and keep mapping around. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.